Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. Raj, Lippy and myself, Binksy, in the room this evening. No, Baldy, he's away on school camp. Tonight we are going to talk, though, Australia-India T20s, the IPL retention list. New Zealand versus Bangladesh in the start of New Zealand and Bangladesh's World Test Championship cycle. We've also got some other bits of cricketing news that we won't put in the preview in case we don't get to them throughout the course of the next 45 minutes or so. But that's all coming up on the Top Order podcast. Stay tuned. Well, boys, it's a bit weird to be not talking about a T20 World Cup for... Oh, ODI uh, World Sorry, ODI World Cup. I've, I've forgotten my formats already. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look, th- we're going to talk a little bit about the madness of what's going on from a, a cricketing treadmill perspective. It just mm-hmm. never, ever stops, I think. And um, the hangovers of the Australian team have barely worn off. Uh, Mitch Marsh's sock mark is still very much on the top of that yes. World Cup trophy. <laughs> and then the Australian squad and the Indian squad, um, or 11s or whatever we want to call it, are, are playing a, a T20 series. So two games in which we'll, we'll have a little chat about. But I, I guess first, just w- what are our thoughts? Two games into this series, any you know major talking points that you want to cover off from a, an India-Australia perspective. Is it, isn't it just madness that we're playing bilateral cricket this quickly after a World Cup? It, it is. And I, I had the same thought, but then I went, but we're still talking about it and people still seem to be watching it and going into the games and things. So mm. I guess that's the thing. Like, actually, there is a market for this. As much as we might sit here and go, okay, well, like, yes, these two teams, like, who cares? That, you know, the, the games don't have any specific meaning it does seem like people want them, and, and particularly T20s, there's TV audiences and there's people at these games going, okay, this is interesting, and uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. As much as I'm not you know, nowhere near as interested as I was before, well, they're, they're on. It, it is interesting, as you say, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually quite into cricket, <laughs> and I had no idea that this series had even started until <laughs> yeah. I started preparing for this this podcast Um Two 2020s gone past. Uh, they they looked like they'd been very very exciting. It's hard to find footage here in New Zealand yeah. of the of the games, but um, some real standout performances. Yeah, and I, I think it's funny that you mentioned hangover because the 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 first thing in my notes is that Travis Head is I think if you know would have a, a DNP hangover if it was a, a basketball <laughs> reference that you know the way that he the pictures that emerged of him after the celebrating. And I'm kind of stunned that Australia have kept that many players in the squad, really. I mean, mm. you know, if you, I guess if you look at Travis Head's situation, the, the reason he's not playing appears more to be the fact that they want to get Steve Smith into the opening spot and giving him an opportunity, which is, I do find quite interesting. Obviously, we, you know, you mentioned the T20 World Cup before accidentally, but it's not that far away. It's actually, yeah. you know, six or seven months. We're sort of into that straight after the IPL. We're into the, the T20 World Cup. And if Australia is seriously thinking, okay, what are we going to do for our openers? Then Steve Smith and... Obviously, he hasn't set the world on fire so mm. far in, in these two games. I think the third one is overnight, so people listening to this might might see the the might already know the third uh, result. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably the most interesting part from an Australian point of view. I think in terms of how he can develop through the series and actually kind of stake a claim. Obviously, he'll have the the BBL when he gets back to Australia. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's more about the Indians and, and some of the players that they've got coming through. How close do you think either of these uh, squads or 11s are to 
what might take the field in 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 six or seven months time it it feels to me a little bit like you, we've talked a lot about India's strength in depth we, we've seen Jaiswal we've seen Gaikwad we've seen Kishan we've obviously seen Sky and Rinku and, and, and a number of others play some T20 cricket and they're probably pretty close to to that squad you would have thought um but you know are, are there going to be all those big names coming back in do we think for the T20 World Cup and then from an Australian perspective are they actually really using this as build up and, and kind of trying to get their uh, combinations and their and their lineup by using these these five T20 games what, what do we what do we think or is it a bit of a I don't know an exhibition tournament by contractual obligation yeah I don't know if we use the e-word but yeah it feels <laughs> very much like an exhibition I think that Australia are definitely using it to trial some things yeah uh, Tim David back into the side I think he'll be a big part of their their 2020 plans uh, towards the, the tournament. Steve Smith batting at one or two, I really like. We've seen that the 60 ball 100 is sort of where it's at from a mm. 2020 perspective from a, you know, when, when we talk about the IPL. Uh, so I, I, I like to see those batsmen, the Virat Kohli's, the, the Steve Smith's actually having the opportunity to face half the balls, to face 60 balls, to get that 100. So yes, there's definite... Um, experimenting going on, especially uh, all through the lineup. The bowlers, I think, are going to be completely different yeah. when it comes to the actual wool sides. Uh, Maxwell came or coming back in or came back in uh, for the, the second one. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a very experimental lineup, yeah. but uh, it is stuff that they may execute going towards the... The, the India cup. stuff, I think, is quite interesting and probably these... Uh, I mean, look, the, the IPL and performances throughout that IPL will have a big bearing, you would think, on, on who makes those final squads. But I do think for someone like Jaiswal, someone like Rinku Singh, who personally, both of them, you know, I just love watching both of them play. I think that Jaiswal in particular, he's able to... He's been able to take every single opportunity that that's come his way so far. You know, he played. You know, got a test opportunity, scored a hundred. You know, he's been you know performed really, really well in the IPL. Looks absolutely looks the part. I think is is the key part for me that yeah. that whenever he plays, he looks like an international cricketer now. So yeah, I think his you know him getting the chance at the top of the order is really important. And uh, for Rinku Singh, he just seems to find a way to to be an impactful player. And, and I, I guess in T20 cricket, you get so few deliveries sometimes when you play at that uh, in that sort of finisher role. And we've talked quite a lot in, in different, even in ODI cricket, about how important it is to have a finisher and all those things. But to be able to come in and he seems to find a way to be in situations where it's important that he gets 30 off 12 balls or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he, he just keeps delivering. So... If he's going to keep doing that, I don't know whose spot he necessarily takes. I guess it's, uh, you know, he's probably fighting competing with someone like Sky, which yeah. makes it pretty tough. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if both of those two find their way into to that Indian T20 World Cup squad. Sky is yeah. the out, uh, standout for me. Um, that you know, you think he's out of form by the way he's spent the last sort of six weeks with the with the one day side, but eighty off forty. I feel like I'm in Baldy's seat and he says, you know, Manus just needs to think he's coming in for a concussion substitute. <laughs> Sky just needs to pretend he's playing 2020 cricket and he seems to be yeah. middling it. And it's got the C next to his name as well. Do we read anything into that? Not at all. Nah, I think it's just the fact that yep. he's yeah, he's an experienced player in, in the squad that's, well, you guys didn't say it, but it's India B really, isn't it? Just about. Yeah, yeah I, I, this is the <laughs> tough thing because I, I think that they're in a position where they they could like so if we go so back strong. if we go back to the 1990s and this was 
the Carlton United Breweries uh, series, (laughs) you know, where Australia A could put out a side that was pretty decent Mm. and almost the whole country was rooting for them to get into the finals against against the Australian side. This has got, you know, I guess a little bit of that in it in that they can actually put together two 11s that are so close that Mm. you could make a a pretty dispassionate argument for for either of those uh, sides to be there on... Yeah, yeah they're, on, uh, they're on merit. No, there's some superstars that obviously would come back in, but yep. man, it, it's, yeah, it's crazy to just think how much uh, talent they've, uh, they've got. The, the one other thing was uh, Josh Inglis's 100, uh, 110 yeah. off 50. Yeah. Is, it's, it's a big 100 for him. You know, with Matthew Wade coming back into the side, that gives Australia the option to have another keeper. But uh, we saw what Inglis can do, and, we, you know, we've seen it previously. We haven't seen it much over the last, you know, sort of one-day stuff, but... Um, yeah, he gave them a timely reminder. Yeah, Matthew Wade might be dusting off his little medium paces, mightn't he? Because um, <laughs> uh, English didn't keep we're kicking that game either. So yeah, Wade captain and, and keeper. We, we talk about India's strength in depth. Probably a good segue into the IPL retentions. So I think um, yeah, we've obviously got some trades uh, coming up. There's been you know trades in the IPL for a period of time. Um, I'm, I don't propose I'm going to do a baldy like explainer. Um, on this at this stage, but yeah, what, what have we what have we made of, of some of that? I've certainly got a couple of things from an English perspective, um, but probably the big one is is Hardik Panja, isn't it? Um, from yeah, from the the last couple of days leading into that leading into that auction in, in a little while. It's a curious one, isn't it? Because we had him sort of. We I feel like two days before there was all this sort of start. The whispers started. It was one of those where oh yeah, the, you know you see something on Twitter or you see something, and then you start to see a couple of articles come out saying Hardik's Hardik's going to Mumbai, and then some social media posts pop up with you know faces that are blurred out and all those kind of things, and then and then I think for some point Gujarat retained him. And then traded him. Like, so, like, it seemed like there was a yeah a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. But, I mean, in terms of impactful players in the IPL in the past couple of years, in terms of what he's been able to do going to Gujarat and then going back to Mumbai now, one, I find it surprising that he would, in a, in a way, want to go back because of just what an impact he's had for Gujarat, you know, taking them to a title, taking them to a final again. After that, you know, he's been able to kind of show his own leadership that he might not have been able to show at Mumbai. But, Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps now that's the what the path is for him at Mumbai. So, you know, I guess we'll see over the next couple of years. It's a curious one to me. I do want to talk about, Cam Green, because I think that's going to be great for RCB. But that trade that they've sort of made there, bringing in Hardik for Cameron Green, I feel like a lot depends on injury for, for Hardik there. I'm, I'm surprised that they've taken a little bit of a punt there. You know, they had the Pollard sort of era before that. Hardik was supposed to take over the mantle. Mm. Then he moved off um, to, to LSG. To LSG? Goodrat. Goodrat. Yeah. And again, we're back here where he's actually injured at the moment. So it's a bit of a punt, I think, you know, losing or giving away someone like Cam Green, who's shown that he's got the skills to to dominate at IPL. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a real gamble for me and they had to let go Archer I mean yeah. Archer's obviously yeah. you know maybe they were like please can we let go Archer because of you know this big salary and the fact that he just hasn't been able to stay fit but obviously he's also someone that you know when fit 
he can be, you know, we, we have seen it in the IPL in the past. We've seen it at international level, what a good player he can be. So, you know, to give up, I guess they've essentially given up Jofra Archer and Cam Green to be able to bring mm. back Hardik Pandya and fit him into the lineups and, and then now still have some money left for this auction, which is coming up on December 19th. Yeah, so I mean, they've got a little bit of money in the kitty. I think Gujarat, obviously, uh, going into the auction with a pretty decent purse. Mm. I think 38, um, 38 crore or something in that region. Mm. So we talked a lot about the way that they were good in that, you know, their initial auction Excellent. coming into yeah. the uh, coming into the roster. The same as look now, I think, from from that perspective, um, you probably outperformed expectations for an expansion yeah. um, side. You mentioned that uh, Joffa Archer um, release. Um, a lot of England players, I think, have have got the got the the shunt. Do, mm. do you what do you think that stands? So I've got a view, but any any views from the from the neutral? I, I don't know. I mean, I would say it's trying to free up money, right? And this in the same way that uh, that a lot of New Zealanders have been released as well. You know, we yeah, there's there's definitely you know Jameson, someone like Jameson who was on a, a reasonable wicket has been has been released. You know Michael Bracewell, Finnell, and Lockie Ferguson, Tim Southey. You know a, a few names that have that are done. And and I guess what I what what I have never managed to figure out is it feels to me like it's a bit unfair to the players in that they can be retained at this nice uh, at the, at a cheap price. Someone like Glenn Phillips, for example, or or Devin Conway, who has outperformed yeah. expectations. You know enormously in terms of his actual price range not not in terms of expectations I don't think because he's one of the best players in the world but then someone who's too expensive and not you know even someone uh, like Harshal Patel was signed you know got a big contract uh, RCB's able to just go oh nah you know, we, we paid that for one year, but we don't want to pay it again and we'll release you. And then, you know, if they have to go back in the auction and I guess they can say, well, we'll try and buy you at a cheaper price. Yeah. But then are the, how are the players going to feel about that? So I, I don't know that that quite works out that way. And yeah, I've never sort of figured out all of the politics and the, the player protection for some of those things. Yeah, I, and, and look, it's an interesting one from a yeah from an English perspective. My, my sort of conspiracy theory: we've seen Root obviously released, we've seen Stokes released, but they'd announced that they weren't yep. going to play yep. because they wanted uh, Stokes to get his fitness, and I think Root wanted uh, a little bit of a break. Harry Brook, um, who really only had one performance for Sunrisers, got a hundred, and then I don't think got much past double figures. Um, I think averaged about nine or something for the tournament, so had a poor first. Yeah, first outing. But interestingly, he's going to be in India, putting himself in that um, in that shop window. I think in January when we yeah. play those five uh, five test matches. But it, for me, it's the rhetoric that's come from Rob Key. Um, they obviously announced the England Central contracts multi year deals in the middle of the World Cup. Now, my understanding was they actually decided them and they told the guys. Um, before they got on the plane. So David Willey, who didn't get a central contract, knew that he was not getting a central contract on the day he got on the plane to go to the World Cup, yeah, which, which sounds is... a bit strange in itself. <laughs> but I, I just wonder whether that rhetoric that was coming from the ECB about we're going to protect our players has probably maybe um, hurt some of those English guys that that, that have been um, yeah have been thrown back. Um, it, it is the kind of you know the, the real white ball players, the likes of your Josh Butlers, who are marquee players that they're not going to get released. They're going to get retained by their franchises as much as possible. Yeah, the, the player market in the IPL is is, is very fickle. It's it's all based on not necessarily performances or, or standout performances 
that happened in the you know, 12 months preceding. Uh, everyone's probably just saving some money up for uh, Ratchan Ravindra to, to sign him uh-huh. up. Um, I, I don't... Uh, the World Cup performances probably didn't help the, the English no, players as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I think it, I do think it's a two-way thing, though. I think the, there have been a lot of English players and the rhetoric, as you say, from, from England has been we're not prioritising the IPL yeah. over our, you know, our international results, whatever format that be in. Um, and you're just seeing the effects of it, I think. Um, it, it's probably, a, you mentioned Russian before. I think there are going to be, you, the World Cup performance I think will have, because we're, you know, you talked about the shop window for some of those England players, that's going to be after the, the auction. The, the auction actually is December 19th. So the World Cup yeah. performances for some of those guys, and, and Russian in particular, I mean, that's the buzz, right? That Russian's just going to get this huge, huge payday. And Daryl Mitchell is someone that people have talked about. I think of all those other young players that we kind of talked about last week on our uh, sort of World Cup wrap, like the Madushanka, Kutsia, uh, Omazai from Afghanistan. Yeah. Some of those guys, I hope there's there's a bit of you know bidding for their for their uh, services and stuff, and that they now might get some opportunities. And like it, it is life changing, you know. Even like you know one okay maybe they can be like a Kyle Jameson they might play one season and then get released or a couple of seasons and get released but that money you know he he's probably bought himself a house and you know like those things are massively you know if, if Russian gets a massive deal it could be huge for him yeah I, I think at some point though and look I, I, I don't know how this is going to happen the, the way that I can see it happening is we've got these franchise uh, franchises now that have got an interest in other competitions as well. So Mumbai Indians have obviously got mm. team in the Dubai League, the team in the South African uh, mm, competition. Yes. There's there's talk of investment into the hundred from IPL franchises as well. So mm. um, I'm not, again not quite sure how that really works because whilst there's not crossover with the competitions, there's crossover with the seasons. Um, but I I think that at some point those teams have got to put long term deals in front of players more like football because I think that otherwise we are going to get this fickleness and you know a, a massive one year deal followed by you know doing your ACL mm. playing in a different tournament means you don't get that um, you know you don't get that security so I think mm. you'll start to see I think players be a little less keen because it you know it, it can literally sort of make or break their you know their finances based on the fickleness of of, of the tournament well i think did we talk about it a while ago around uh, the percentage that the players get from the ipl compared to some of the other uh so like the nba or the nfl i think it is still very low for, you know like from a we, revenue share from a revenue share yeah. and we so it, it will be interesting over the next couple of years because the ipl look you know, it's not till March, and look, we're sitting here, three three guys here in New Zealand talking about the IPL because it is such an important part of the cricket calendar now, mm. well, and, and the infrastructure of the game because it, it, you know yeah. the money does make the world go round to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah, and so it feels like a lot of money for these guys, but they could still be saying, sitting there, going, actually, we're still not getting quite our fair share here, and at some point they must, you know, there'll be there'll come a time where they go if we all band together here and we, yeah, we can get better terms and conditions for ourselves and all these contracts. So yeah, who knows? Cam Green, he excites me moving to yeah, what, why RCB. Do you, what, what's, you said that to me before yeah. that off, off air that you think that could be the more impactful part of this trade than, mm. than Hardik Pandya. I think he just adds an element that RCB don't have 
uh, RCB haven't had for a while. Someone who can bowl, someone who can go into that finisher position or even open. We don't know what mm. role that he's going to play. I think it's sort of been Far hinted, Coley, hasn't it? Yeah, hinted that he will bat probably lower, lower down the order. But they've got Dinesh Kartik, who's been doing a great job in that position. Just so not in the commentary box. <laughs> As a, as a cricketer, he's been doing a great job uh, in that uh, finisher position. Um, so that really excites me. I think that, you know, going to a, he was at Mumbai, a very big, glamorous sort of club. He's going to another glamorous sort of club. You could almost say there's bigger stars in that, um, currently in that sort of RCB setup. Takes a bit of the pressure off him. He can go there and he can do his thing. And I, I think he could be a, a massive, massive element of their uh, campaign. Yeah. Well, look, we will come on to that in a lot more detail. So I think we'll have a, a uh, an auction show um, a little bit closer to to Christmas, where we'll kind of go through that. And um, yeah, look, de- definitely some yeah some retentions. Um, I really yeah, like I, I really I'm really looking forward to seeing Will Jacks. I think because um, I think yeah, he he actually might get a Guernsey through that tournament. Um, but anyway, we'll come on to that in our <laughs> IPL uh, IPL au- auction uh, show a little bit closer to Christmas. Let's take the equivalent of a cricketing Valium and slow things down a little <laughs> bit. Let, let's move to some some Red Bull cricket. So we're recording on a Tuesday night here in New Zealand. Um, yeah, to, to prove that, I can tell you that the score in that first test in Bangladesh is uh, Bangladesh 184 for four after 50. Ooh, bang, bang. Lost, fifth, lost a couple of a little bang bang. So recording. That's good. That, oh, look, that, that, that two in be- and over or that something. That beautiful, uh, beautiful thing on Crick Info where you can only see one batter's name, so you know you've just taken uh, taken a poll. Two, so, two red W's in so, a very, very, very so Glenn position. Fit- Glenn Phillips picking up a couple of pick up, couple his, of poles. Put anyway, his cape back on. Let's not let's not talk too much about the game because by the time you're listening to this, you'll know a lot more about the way that first innings has unfolded. But what we really wanted to talk about was you know the beginning of this World Cup um, cycle. Um, some definite interest, I think, in the squad that's been picked, and then even more so the eleven that's probably taken the field, particularly for for the Black Caps. Um, and again, you know, a handful of guys that two weeks ago we're playing in a one day international world cup semi-final yeah and now we're playing a test match with literally no no warm-up no warm-up no prep on this on what looks like one of the flattest wickets around although yeah we've just seen well well, certainly the second wicket glenn phillips didn't even need to use the wicket (laughs) to take his wicket so that was that was uh that was good why why don't we start with the team selection because i know raj you were Sort of uh, had a few thoughts around that, and then yeah, then maybe we go into the um, into the the World Test Championship because yeah, we won't talk too much in depth about this actual game. But selection, you, you weren't quite convinced about what we've done here. I, I wanted I wanted to see three seamers mainly because I, I think that uh, if we played a Ravindra or a, or a Phillips, they'd be able to bowl from from one end. So definitely, if it was a Ravindra, you could get through fifteen overs from one end, and then you've got. Ajaz or Sodi to 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 bowl at the other end for the for the lion's share of it. Um, I wanted to see Wagner. Uh, I've, I've got I've, I've got some real sort of. I'm a bit upset that he didn't make the squad to start off with. He's been brought into the squad because Henry withdrew with the um, hamstring injury that he picked up during the World Cup. Mm. Uh, we've definitely probably moved on. I think a little bit from the from 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 Wagner's sort of we're going to call it an era. Um, I, I wanted to see Ravindra play. Uh, it was funny because he was in the media all the way up yeah. through through the start of this test series and then he didn't actually get picked, which I thought was, was quite interesting. We were talking off air. We think it's because 
if he was picked, all the spinners would turn the ball one way uh, with AJ's and, and Sodi as well. Um, yeah. I've, I've, it, it is a bit disappointing not to see Ratchin yeah. play after all the buzz and after, after how well he played in that World Cup. And, and I guess not necessarily the results, which were obviously fantastic, but I think more the composure that mm. he showed during that World Cup in lots of different situations. And, and even with the ball, I know that the there were times when he, he was very up and down with the ball in that World Cup. He would have spells where he was, it felt like he was very consistent. And then he would have other spells where, you know, he bowled that over to Harry Brook, where he's bowling half-tracker, 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 picks up a wicket. And it just didn't quite, you know, didn't wasn't able to, to hold up an end. And it would have been interesting to see what he could do at, at test level because I think uh, when we come back here to New Zealand – you know, we're not going to play. It's very unlikely that we play a spinner. We just haven't done that in our home summer at all. We, you know, a specialist spinner. It's always been Mitchell Santner, Michael Bracewell, Ratchan Ravin. Look, whoever, you know, whoever it is along those lines, you can look at AJ's record. You know, he's, I don't think he's, I still don't think he's picked up a wicket here in, in New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. Um, hasn't hardly played many games. He's, you know, when he plays, he sometimes doesn't even bowl. So I think that, you know, we're probably looking if Michael Bracewell still isn't fit by the time those tests are playing, then we're looking at Ratchin Ravindra or Glenn Phillips probably filling that all rounder role again. And and I think in terms of bowlers, as much as it sounds like Glenn Phillips has picked up a few today, I do think Ratchin is the better long term bowler than what Glenn Phillips can be. So yeah, I think I wanted to see him for that reason and what his role in our test side might look like mm. and whether he could establish a consistent role and make it almost impossible for Michael Bracewell to get back in. Definitely on the subcontinent, we've seen him put in performances with the ball that are good enough. As a, as a bowler, but he's predominantly picked as a batsman first. Uh, just moving away from, from selection, I've got a question for, for, for one of you two. Feel free to jump in and answer it. It's the start of the third test championship cycle for New Zealand. It's our first test in eight months. Uh, we've come through a really a golden period of, of test cricket for New Zealand. The last world test championship cycle was not great for us. Mm-hmm. Is this a team that's got something to prove? Well, well, yeah, what do you think as a, as a neutral, Binksy? Yeah, look, I, I, th- I think it, I, I don't, I, to answer your question succinctly, no, I don't think you do have anything to prove. I think the fact that we keep talking about New Zealand as, you know, almost like a scrappy underdog and um, you keep making World Cup semi-finals relatively comfortably. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of strength in that, um, in, in depth. You, you say, you know, you think it might be the end of the Wagner era. He's certainly closer to the end than he is the start. But my, my question is really, are they wrapping him in cotton wool a little bit for for the home summer? You know, Bangladesh hasn't been a great place to go as a, as a seamer historically. Um, I think you'll Not see... Bangladesh has picked one seamer yeah. in the squad. So, t- so, so I think, you know, I think you'll see, you know, you'll see players rested. I think Jameson's not played a lot of cricket, so I think it's probably a good idea to get him um, back in the side. Obviously, there's no Trent Bolt from that perspective. So look, I, I don't necessarily think there's anything to, to prove. I, I think it's actually the start of a cycle. And it's the start of a, a transition, I think, in terms of, of, of eras. And um, I, you know, interested to see your thoughts on whether or not there might have been even a do we pick Ratchet instead of a Henry Nichols and say, do you know what, we're going to back you to bat four or five, um, if, you know, later in your career. Let's give you twenty Test matches um, because we know that over that period of time, 
I don't think anyone around this table, particularly Raj, is going to doubt that Ratchin is going to make it over over a long period of time. Um, so, you know, was there an opportunity to really actually, um, you know, shake things up from that perspective? And, and yes, that would have given you a little bit of a, whoa, we've got a lot of options here from a bowling perspective. But uh, yeah, I hazard Ratchin is going to be a better batter than he is a bowler throughout the course of his career and and really giving him that, uh, giving him that opportunity. But no, I don't think New Zealand have got a massive amount to prove. And I think the balance of the side they're going into this test match with, when we compare it with what Bangladesh have put on the park, yeah, I, I think you've, you've got the combinations to, to, to be, at, uh, be at the races, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, um, I think without this World Test Championship now being in, in motion, I think this would very much be a uh, uh, sort of moving on cycle. Like this next cycle would right. be, I think, would be not necessarily in the batters. And, and even um, if you think about what uh, Kane Williamson said after the World Cup, he was asked, he was pretty much asked, like, this has been a golden generation for New Zealand cricket. Yeah. Um, you know, how much more do you see? Uh, you know, do you think this is the end of this golden generation, essentially? And and he kind of said he sort of made a joke. He said, "Oh, you're sort of talking about how old we are." <laughs> but but then he kind of said, "Look, I still think this this side has has a lot to offer." And I think in those ways, they might feel they still have a bit to prove. Probably Tim yeah. Southey and and Kane Williamson. And, well, I don't think Kane's got anything to prove, but but I think those players probably think if we are going to be this core and you know remain this core throughout the cycle, we do have to show that we can compete because if we're not competing, then I think the time is sort of right to start thinking, not necessarily in the batting because I think there's plenty of depth and that most of those players are, are performing. You know, who knows what happens in this test. Mm. But I think most of them are performing, but probably on the bowling side, and particularly the fast bowling side, and and even the spin bowlers, I think AJ's and Anish both have quite a bit to prove on this series. If you look at uh, the the world, our World Test Championship cycle as a whole, you know our away series are Bangladesh for two tests, Sri Lanka two tests, three tests in India. So spin, you would think, is going to play a hugely significant role in in all three of those series. And then almost nothing in the mm. in the home series yeah. where we play England, Australia, and South Africa. And in those in those games, if if it is you know the end of the Neil Wagner era, if you know Tim Southey is coming towards the end, and and you know Kyle James, it's Kyle Jameson and, and Matt Henry. If if that's our four, we saw last you know last year, we're onto the Blair Tickners and the Scott Kuglines and and these other bowlers who people probably don't view as long-term answers. So it's about trying to figure out, I would love to, over this cycle, you would love to say, it'd be great if we could develop a couple more options in the seam bowling front. But how do you do that if you actually want to compete for these titles and think that, you know, Tim Southey, Neil Wagner and Matt Henry are your best three options? So it's it's it, I think it is a bit of a balancing act in terms of what they're trying to do there. Can I ask a question as well as to from a cycle perspective? I think it's highly unlikely Tim Southey gets to the end of this four year cycle. Um, well twenty twenty five. So it, sorry, it ends uh, up being a shorter yeah, yeah. cycle. But who who's the next captain? I think that yeah, I think it's fascinating. I, I don't I don't know that I can answer that question at the moment. Tom Latham probably probably Latham if you think that he's going to go a bit longer and and yeah, I guess if Kane doesn't want to go back and do it in a, in a few years, I guess you know Latham Kane you know Latham's a slightly younger than Kane, but not by not by a huge amount. He's still you know in that range of you know how he's they're all over 30 right that's the thing all of these yeah. guys pretty much are over 30 apart from Rutchin and apart from 
but I think Blundell now is 30, so I think it's, yeah, apart from him and Jameson, they're, they're all over 30. And just a question just around this series against Bangladesh. How important is winning this series based on the, the fixtures you've mentioned there? We're playing India in three tests, South Africa, Australia and England. Uh, as our home summer, this Bangladesh uh, t- uh, series looks fairly important to us to win this. Well, but it's really important for the simple reason that you should get the overs in as well, because both of you are a bit <laughs> seven spinners, so no over eight fines. Um, so you, whatever points you take away from this series, you you probably take away without um, getting any docked. So yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty key to get off to a good start. I think this one and the South Africa one, where we expect it will be South Africa B essentially in terms yeah. of what who's coming. It you know as disappointing as that is. And you know South Africa having their clash with their yeah. their T Twenty squad, I think they we got to start well. Like if we want to compete and be in the mix for those for that cycle, yeah, these two these two games are, are critical in terms of us picking up points and then picking up points against South Africa, which, like I said, could be almost two completely different bowling attacks. And and you know particularly if you look at this Bangladesh side. They are very much moving on, and their coach has said that we are moving on. You know, Lytton Das is not in this uh, series, neither is Tuscan for for an injury. Shakib is also injured, but you know he's also got his parliamentary uh, situation that he's you know trying to run for for parliament as well. So um, whether we see him down in New Zealand for uh, for the the white ball stuff, who yeah, knows? He might have come down to negotiate a trade deal. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. So, but you know, Bangladesh has certainly signalled. Yeah, they've got the tummy ball Iqbal situation so you know they've signaled it's time to move on and I think if you look at their World Cup it was you know all the young players that had a lot of promise not many of them were able to actually put that into into practice so I think they in particular a lot of those young players have a lot to prove for for them over this cycle so yeah if we're ever going to to put in a good performance in this cycle I think it's very important to get a, a, a good start because if we don't come away with points from this Bangladesh series then it's going to be pretty tough with those fixtures. We, you know, we always struggle against Australia, England. We expect in a cup in eighteen months will still be on this baseball roller coaster, and uh, well, it's not even a roller coaster; it's just a, a <laughs> mountain at the moment to, to get over that side. So, yeah, some some tough series ahead, and, and mm. you know, three tests in India is going to be very very difficult for this New Zealand side. Yes, agreed. Right. Let's move on to some other cricketing news. So it's been a while since we've got this deep into the run sheet um, with the World Cup going on. But um, what do we want to talk about? We've got Babar Azam stepping down as uh, Pakistan captain. We've got a bit of trouble for Zimbabwe in the qualifying tournament, um, getting beaten um, in, I think, Uganda's first game against a full nation. Yeah, and they've, that was they've pretty cool, right? them. Mm. Yeah. Um, that, that was cool. And, and I mean, Uganda have had pretty good. Under nineteen credentials, haven't they? In recent times, so yeah, not not surprising that they're, um, yeah, that they were able to compete on that that stage. But yeah, I have to say, I was a bit surprised in Zimbabwe. I mean, a few, a few, I've seen a few commentators, and, and obviously David Houghton, the coach, came out and, and really laid into them in, in the media in terms of, well, that was actually for their first game against Namibia where they lost. You know, called it one of the worst performances he's ever seen. I think, and um, I'm sure you know losing to Uganda was was you know, they got laid into similarly. Yeah, but uh, I, 
I think back to that ODI qualifier, World Cup mm. qualifier, and I loved the cricket that Zimbabwe were playing. They were, I thought that they they felt like a side that was on the improve. You know, I, I have no idea about the politics and all everything that goes on behind the scenes and the depth and all of that kind of stuff. That's you know, I, I just can't keep up with with what's going on there. But the you know, with Sekunder Raza and, and some of the other players that they that were performing in that tournament, it felt like okay, maybe Zimbabwe is sort of building to be, you know, on the fringes again of, of, a, of these quality sides and, and, you know, put themselves up where with the likes of Ireland and Netherlands and Afghanistan. And, and Afghanistan to actually be testing these top sides. But, yeah, it's they're, they're in a bit of strife now and I think they're going to have to beat Kenya in it. You know, I think they're going to have to beat Kenya in this, you know, this two top two sides go mm. to qualify. Yeah, you losing to Uganda, losing to Namibia again already. So if those sides can win out from here, Zimbabwe's done and, and won't be at the T Twenty World Cup. And I mean, look, if Uganda can make it, that would be that would be amazing. And even for Kenya, if Kenya can come back, you know, I have fond memories of of watching Kenya play. You know, back back in the early days of of, uh, of watching cricket with Steve Tickelo and uh, Brittley bullying Zaboya. the Brittley. Oh yeah, that was rough. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, definitely something to watch over the next week to see how this African qualifiers go. Yeah, um, Baba Razam stepping down a skipper. Not, I guess, not surprising after the World Cup performance. Raj, you got some notes on this? Uh, look, it looks like a little bit of boardroom shenanigans to me, and we know that that doesn't that or that translates to poor performances on the field. So Baba was essentially told that he would lose the white ball. Captaincy, at, uh, you know that was a, a fait accompli. Uh, that was going to he was going to retain the red ball, um, but then the caretaker board, which is currently in place, chairman didn't have the power to strip him of the yeah. of the uh, leadership, and it turned into a little bit of a uh, a farce there. But at the end of the day, Baba Azam has stood down as captain. Yeah. Uh, look, he's followed the same. If you have a look at all the great players uh, <laughs> in the world, he's followed the same trajectory: the the, the roots, the the Williamsons, the Coleys, and. The Steve Smiths, they've all done it and they've gone back to just being batsmen and scoring runs and it's worked for them. He's he's scored a lot of runs as captain and he will continue to score runs without that captaincy. So uh, it's good for him. The coaches have been uh, retained. Yeah. Uh, which well, is kind of. Grant Bradburn, and, and Grant Bradburn in particular seems to have been not officially fired, but kind of demoted. Well, they, I'm a bit they can't, for him. Apparently they can't fire them again. Yeah. So, look, they've, they've been retained. They're going to Australia on November the 30th. First test, December the 14th. That'll be one to watch. Yeah, you sort of feel like they're going to they're be in a hiding for nothing going going to that. And it's, well, I mean, all the fanfare is going to be about Warner, isn't it, in, in that series. But still, I don't know. I, 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 when I see stuff like this, I just, I just sigh, basically. It's sort mm. of like... You know, we always see there's so much potential in, in Pakistan cricket. There's so much quality in that in that side. But I don't know now. Like Shaheen Shahafridi's been thrust this captaincy. I mean, maybe he wants it. Maybe it'll bring out the best in him. But he's I sort still of feel very like young. he's still very young. He's just had a World Cup where you know stats might say differently, but I think he was quite disappointing. Mm. And that World Cup really wasn't quite at his best. And he, he's got the potential to be one of the best bowlers in the world and now suddenly he's kind of involved in all of the politics, politics yeah. where you sort of don't want to be and you've got Hafiz who, you know, picks up the chairman or whatever that role was and then like two days later now is like the coach as well. Yeah. So it's just sort of, 
it's just, it's just a bit of a shambles. And I guess it always has been. I and mean, when we talked to, to Wazim Khan, you know, yeah. two years ago, three years ago, whatever that was, you know, he's longer than longer than that probably. I think yeah. he's been in the ICC role for, for coming up to he two years. He pretty much said yeah. the same thing. So, I mean, we're not breaking news here with, with all of the stuff yeah. about Pakistan, but it's just... It, it was never going to work with the team. I don't know what Mickey Arthur's role was, but he was the you know he was the head honcho, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. But he did, he was doing it on a part time basis because he's combining it with a with a county coaching contract. Mm. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, you you can't be a director of cricket via Zoom. I don't think. <laughs> um, well, maybe maybe you can. Um, yeah, work from um, anywhere. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think they they would definitely look at their flexible working policies as part of this review. <laughs> this, well, this, it's, this review, and it's just you just. I feel like we're seeing it too often, right? Like West Indies are doing it as well. Yeah, West Indies it, are shooting themselves in the foot with. I mean, you know, the late we've we've talked about a lot of their stuff going on as well. But the, you know, the latest is the Darren Bravo situation, and you know, yeah. it, 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 I. I I think what we as New Zealand, you know, New Zealand fans will be critical of uh, certain parts of our structure and selection and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I think if you look around, we're actually pretty fortunate yeah. to have a state, like a stable structure. Transparent. Yeah, pretty yeah. transparent structure for a long yeah. time when you actually look at, you know, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka's just been, uh, you know, withdrawn because of the. South Africa. It's all. Yeah, there's just so many unstable sides and it's so bizarre. So, Binksy, I've got two words for you. Stop clock. The shot clock. Stop clock. Is it called the stop clock? I think clock? it's the stop clock. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Everyone's going to crucify me there. But the stop clock is to be introduced, uh, and it is a clock between overs. So it's going to count down 60 seconds. Bowler needs to be at the start of his mark after that, that 60 seconds to, to bowl. And if they breach that three times, uh, it, or the, I'm assuming it's the fourth time that they breach that, it will be five penalty runs. Um, added to their score, taken away from their score, however you want to look at that, or added to the batting team's score. Uh, to start, that's going to start in this one-day series, the West Indies-England series, and it's going to go for six months on trial till April 2024. I know you're excited about it. Tell me. <laughs> um, I'd be more excited about it if it was actually in all formats. So I think it's only, as I understand it, in, in T20s and, and ODIs. So... Um, the where we've got, I think we've got this problem across all parts of the game. Um, I, I, I don't even want to go into it because it gets my blood pressure up so much. <laughs> and, and I know a lot of people are just like, it doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't affect, you know, it doesn't affect the game. But I think it would for newer fans when you're in a ground and you've just seen the, you know, Gatorade sponsored drinks break and four little bloody golf carts come on. And then literally two seconds later, someone's changing their helmet and their gloves and having mm. another drink and having a towel down and yeah, calling yeah. for an aspirin and then a new bat. So, so, so uh, yeah, look, it's great. I, I really hope that they go to the letter of the law with this and that they actually do. Um, like they did, I think, we saw it in the Rugby World Cup. I think Owen Farrell um, kicked a penalty and, and literally they went, no, sorry, mate, it was 61 seconds and you'd only got 60 seconds. Tough luck. There's no leniency. Um, on your bike so I hope they actually keep it and, 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 and stick to it and there isn't this sort of mitigation that we currently have with all of this where the umpires can go oh we did have a little bit of a problem with the sight screen and yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the stewards fell over and <laughs> you know um, a helicopter came over or, you know so I, I, I hope that they actually do regulate the pace of the play by using this to the letter of the law but I, I want to see it, um, I want to see it across all, all formats of the game because um, we've got to get 
yeah, we've got to get overs in. I think it's it, it is for me. It's yeah, it's a plight. Uh, plight on the game. But there the, you go. the one positive I will say is that I have heard recently a lot of positive stuff coming out of uh, the US in terms of what baseball has done, which is similar things mm. about you know throwing back to the bases and all of that kind of stuff. To a shot clock for the pitchers to try and yeah. speed that game up, and and all of that those regulations seem to have been positive for the game. So and and actually made it a better product. Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I follow quite a lot of baseball stuff, and I, I think there's been a mixed reaction. Yeah, okay. to, Real to, pushback to, from the, yeah. the traditionalists. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so look, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think it's yeah. Look, it's a great suggestion. I, I hope it. I hope it works. Um, and then I hope it you know makes its way into other parts of yeah other parts of the game uh, as well. Lippy, I've got um, three words that I know you've been longing to hear. <laughs> Um, it's actually four words. Uh, New Zealand domestic news. So, what, what do you want to talk about? We've, we've, we're into round seventeen of the Plunkett Shield. Whilst this World Cup's been going <laughs> we're on, we're into yeah. Ford Trophy now and the Halliburton Johnson Shield. So, yeah, yeah we're we're into the white ball stuff. Look, I, you know, I sort of feel like when we're when we're just snapshotting some of the stuff, there there isn't a huge amount to talk about in terms of uh, you know going in depth on on all of the the leaderboards and all that kind of stuff. I, I do think Raj and I have had a few conversations. We might just pinpoint a couple of players. I, I do think uh, just very briefly, great to see Adam Milne back on the, the park for uh, Wellington. I still would love to know if he actually was injured for the World Cup or not. Uh, I, I suspect so. I just haven't actually seen that confirmed 100% anywhere. But, you know, I would have loved to have him over the, that World Cup and, and have him as an option because, yeah, he's come back into the Ford Trophy, picked up a five for straight away, five for under 30, I think, for from his uh, from his first spell back. And, and I just think he's... He really offers something different that uh, a lot of our bowlers don't quite have. He can bowl up top, he can bowl at the death, and he can he can do a few different things. So his injury, I think, and, and his struggles with injury over the past couple of years have really limited a lot of that fast bowling depth that we've talked about, particularly in the white ball formats, uh, which is a bit of a shame. The other one that Raj and I have been talking about a lot is, is Zach Folks, and you know, you know, listeners, listeners who are not from New Zealand might not—it's not a name you might not uh, might recognise, but yeah, he just feels like someone that has something special about him. And um, I mean, that Canterbury bowling attack in particular—they have—they're really strong. They're, they're, I think they there's a lot of young players. Willow Rourke is someone else who was on a New Zealand A tour to Australia and did really well. And so is someone that is starting to become on people's radar. But yeah, when you look at that Canterbury bowling attack with the fact that Michael Rippon has gone there from Otago, Michael Ray's gone there from Otago, now there's suddenly a quite a lot, a core of talented players that, you know, have have difficulty actually making a provincial side in New Zealand, which is, you know, had, has at times been quite surprising because of the, the sheer number of players that we have here in New Zealand. But, you know, folks just seems to have something special about him. He's definitely caught my eye. Uh, you know, he's good bowler. He's averaging in the low 20s with the ball. And what caught my eye was him opening the batting at the start of the, the season with the with the red ball. Uh, his, his numbers aren't, aren't great with the bat, but... He's got a couple of fifties recently. He's, yep. he's come back. Batting, he's, he moved a little bit the down the order. But um, look, if he he's obviously on the radar. He's got to be on the radar for for some higher honours. He can continue to bowl the way he is. He seems to always be taking wickets. Um, and if he can add runs to his, if he can bat in the lower order, bat, sorry, middle lower order, and take wickets, he's the kind of all rounder that that would add balance to any side. Yeah, well, and I think he, you know. 
we look, we don't necessarily see all the footage. We see, uh, we actually do now get quite a good coverage of yeah. uh, of the Punkett Shield, being able to watch it on YouTube and, and things like that. But yeah, when you're just scrolling through highlights, and the thing that stands out about Zach Folk, it just seems to zip right when he's, he's got a bit of zing about him. Yeah, look, we, we'll see. We'll see what develops for him over the next couple of seasons. But, you know, thinking about bowlers that are that are looking into that future and who might be able to come through, you know, the Willow Rocks, the, the Zach Folks, we've seen Ben Sears get opportunities and, and he's been you know, back Plunkett Shield and stuff for, for Wellington, which has been really good. Nathan Smith up the top of those charts. So I think there is some depth and I'm, I'm sort of excited to see how the next couple of years can go for some of them. But yeah, I think there's a bit to prove still for a lot of those players. Right. Any other business? Have we got anything else we want to cover? The only other person I was going to mention from the New Zealand side of things and sort of just to, to segue to the fact that New Zealand's uh, White Ferns have got a series against Pakistan starting on the 3rd of December. So uh, unsure if some of uh, the more experienced players, so Sophie Devine in particular, unsure if she'll be back from the, the WBBL where she's you know carving up again for the Scorchers, doing very well over there. Made their tournament team, I think, uh, but the playoffs are, are just about to, to happen. Um, but Georgia Plimmer, who uh, scored 147 at the weekend, I think, for Wellington. So kind of just, I mean, stunning that she's played, uh, I think, probably almost 20 games for New Zealand so far. Before this, hadn't scored a, a list A or a T2050. Is someone that has been, you know, talked about as having a huge amount of promise. We now see a big 100 from her. So... You know, we've talked a lot about how the White Ferns have relied so heavily on Bates, Divine, you know, uh, even Maddie Green in, in recent times, relying on on the 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 old guard. I guess it, we really need to develop some of these younger players, and hopefully Plymouth, you know, after this big score, can can you know give her the confidence to to kick on, and we'll see what happens against Pakistan. Awesome. Well, we will cover that, I think, um, on next week's show. So, uh, yeah, so much cricket going on around the world. That almost the whole of that WBBL clash with the uh, with the ODI yeah, World, which wasn't ideal world for them, Cup, surely. Um, but yeah, certainly for next week, we'll cover those uh, uh, those playoff games. We'll cover a wrap up for the Test match that's going on now, Bangladesh and the Black Caps preview uh, the next game and then I'm sure we'll yeah find a way Be 15 to talk about have India's strength in depth as well um, <laughs> by, by, by the course of next week but it is uh, going to be a wrap up from us here in Auckland this evening please do um, engage with us on the social channels it's been great to see that throughout the course of the World Cup we'd love to see that through this New Zealand summer as well if you can share the podcast with a friend colleague or club mate we would much appreciate it um, as well as um, smashing like um, subscribing or um, doing all those things on social media that apparently make a big impact um, to our viewership so uh, look thanks for joining us on the Top Order podcast we will see you next week for this week in cricket but for now it's good night and good bless from us here all in Auckland. We'll see you soon. Good night.